Welcome back to the Section 5 podcast. We have been absent for a little bit. We missed last week, but we're back with a ton of stuff to talk about. Some of it Celtics related, some of it just around the league because, hey, Celtics are out of it. But there's some great basketball being played, some classic games this past weekend that I think we're going to be seeing for you know, a long time. People are going to be talking about for a long time, especially that Brooklyn-Milwaukee game seven, which was just legendary. But first, we're going to dive into Celtics. So uh, we got the three of us here. There's uh, me, Mark. There's also Trey and Adam. And as luck would have it, when we recorded our last pod, we talked about the Celtics. We talked. We wrapped up the season. Uh, talked about it. Most of the players on the roster, really all the consequential players, anyway. Thought we had a really good pod put together, put it out, and then a few hours later, it was dated because Kemba got traded. So <laughs> those things happen sometimes. But we haven't really talked about the Kemba trade. We've talked about it a lot, but we haven't put it out or recorded it. So let's start there, uh, as it's the oldest piece that we have on here. And it's something that really just impacts everything else that we're going to talk about, or at least Celtics related. So unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you know that the Celtics traded Kemba, a first-round pick, this year's first-round pick, number 16, and two seconds for old friend Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a second-round pick. A second round pick. So <clears throat> what do you guys think about the trade? Love it, hate it, indifferent, not really sure. Uh Adam, you don't have the mute up, so we're going to pass it right over to you. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Kemba trade? Um, I was, you know, it's very rare for a trade to happen um, during this time of the season. You usually don't see them until after the year happens. But, you know, Brad decided to pull the trigger on it, I think, right a couple of days after the end of the Brooklyn series. series. So it was shocking to see, but it was also – I was – I was very positively surprised that um, we didn't have to take that bad of a contract back. Granted, we gave up the first round pick, which is probably the reason for that. But um, I'm glad we didn't get a guy like, you know, John Wall or someone with like a terrible contract that was even worse than Kemba's. Um, But we got, you know, Al Horford, who we all know what he could do as a basketball player. We all know what he could do in the Celtic system which is a solid presence in the middle that we didn't have last year. Um, so I'm, I'm all for the trade, you know, in addition to the financial flexibility it give, gives us because Horford's contract is only partially guaranteed next year. Um, while Kemba still has, I think, two full years, and he may even have a player option as well. Um, not too sure. but yes, um, yes, two years. Um, and okay. the second year is going to be a player. Okay, so the, he definitely has two years left. Um, so again, you're saving money. You you're giving us the the team. What Brad said, the flexibility to to build around our stars, which are now, if they weren't unquestioned already, now it's positively unquestioned that our two leaders on this team are going to be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum going forward. So, um, I like the trade, even though it was you know Kemba. If, if Kemba's healthy, he's obviously a better player than Horford. So don't get me wrong, but we all know that Kemba's knee ain't right. So it was good to get out of that contract and, you know, just get out of the, you know, the, the daily injury report um, check that we'd have to do before games to see if Kemba's playing or not. Right. If Kemba's healthy, he's the best player in this deal. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that, but 
we don't know if Kemba is ever going to be healthy again. And I love the trade for that reason. I also love the trade because I just don't love Kemba's game. I just, I never really did. Uh, he's not a bad player. He, at his best, he's an all-star. He's just not my kind of all-star that I would go out and, and get. But it was the right move to get him at the time because he was the best available option that you had. Um, Horford really helps this team. We're assuming that they're keeping him and that they're not going to buy him out or flip him or you know, do one of the many things they can do to, to move him along. Uh, I'm assuming that Horford is going to play. He's going to play significant minutes. He could potentially be a starter. Um, and he played right around his career averages last year when he did play for Oklahoma City. So he's still got it. This isn't the, the washed up guy that we thought we were seeing in Philly a couple of years ago. I think he's still going to help them. And he's someone who, if they had him on the team this year, would have really helped them a lot too. Uh, so I love that part of the trade. And Moses Brown is interesting. He's a second round pick a couple of years ago. Uh, didn't play much his rookie year. Uh, got some minutes last year, uh, especially later in the season. Um, you may remember him as the guy who put up 20 and 20 on the Celtics. So we know that he's got some skills. Consistency is still kind of a thing with him as it is with any of these young players. But he's seven foot two. So the Celtics have a legitimate young big who has some at least potential, has the ability to maybe be that rim protector uh, and can contribute on the offensive end and on the glass. So uh, does a lot of kind of the dirty things that this team at times was lacking. And it also, I think, kind of puts the writing on the wall for Tristan Thompson. Um, the next shoe to drop is probably going to be him going somewhere um, as you know, part of a deal to make salaries work or or something to get that replacement for Kemba because now they're they're missing a point guard. So this is not the finished product, but I think it's a trade that puts them in a position to uh, move in the right direction uh, as they try to rebuild this team around the two stars that they have. Trey, what do you think about the trade? So I also really liked the addition of Moses Brown. You know, he's a 7-2 center. A lot of people like are questioning whether or not he can be a, a solid two-way player for us. Um, I think that <clears throat> give him some time, he's going to be a pretty good defender. Um, you know, he can drop back on defense, kind of like Rudy Gobert. That's what those type of bigs have. Um, have to give the the offense some space and kind of you know go after the block. Uh, so I, you know, that would be his upside is to to develop into you know a guy like that, you know, at least like a Clint Capella type for us. But but at seven two and, and can get boards consistently and hopefully become a future center for us. <clears throat> so I think that was a very important part of the trade. And then, like Adam mentioned, the financial flexibility within the trade. Um, there's the potential that the Celtics could open up, you know, near cap space uh, for a max contract in 2022. Um, you know, that kind of depends on this offseason, what happens with Evan Fournier. Um, Marcus Smart's going to be an expiring contract. And also Robert Williams is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So you know, assuming, you know, things fall a certain way, we could have cap space uh, going into 2022 free agency. Uh, so my breakdown of the trade is I like the flexibility it provides the Celtics. 
Uh, there was a lot of people that said, you know, the Celtics would have to give up a lot more to offload Kemba's contract, you know, maybe multiple first round picks. And I thought that was obsessive. So from what I see, the Celtics give up Kemba and they give up the 16th pick and they, they get back Al Horford and I would consider Moses Brown to be a pick within like the 25 to 30 range. So that's the way that I see uh, this uh, this trade. I think the Celtics did get back a pick in this draft. They got a big man and his name is Moses Brown. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I was looking at when Brown came back. And we're, we're hearing a little bit when the trade happened that like, OKC wanted to throw him in, wanted to dump the the salary that he has. It's a, a really it's a low salary, but at the same time, they still wanted to to dump that. So they were kind of done with him at that point. And when you have as many first round picks as they have, like you can understand that he could still be a good player in the NBA, but not be someone who fits into what they need and what they're planning to do. Um, so the Celtics didn't just give away that first round pick. Like they got something back for it and something that should be able to contribute to the team right away because he's got a couple of years of work in the NBA in uh, behind him, but he's you know still really young and has a lot of room to, uh, to grow and develop. And also like the timing of the trade and the fact that it was early, like Adam was saying, I think OKC might've had something to do with that. The fact that, you know, it's a 16th pick in the draft that's coming up. You want to be able to scout that pick and you want to make that trade as early as possible. Right. Yeah. They want to know that they have that pick and uh, be able to put the work in and know that they're not, that it's not a wasted effort because they can't get it done on, uh, on draft day. Uh, I think um, the, the, draft day. The, 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 the best part about getting Moses Brown, I think, is that his contract, the 16th pick in the draft, you're, you're going to be paying him way more money than you would for what Brown's contract is, which is three more years at about a little over a million per year with the last two years unguaranteed. So, I mean, we're basically getting him for free this year to kind of see what he could do and maybe light a fire and Bob Williams. And that. I will say I've I've gone back and I've watched some interviews uh, that Moses Brown has had post game and things like that. And he's just very knowledgeable about the game. He knows how to talk about the game and he listens, you know, he, he, I feel like he's going to come in like a sponge and he's going to, he's going to continue learning from Al, like he was in OKC, but then just playing around guys like Tatum and Brown, uh, he's going to flourish and, and he, he's young, like those guys. So I like the fit. Yeah, I like it too. And I think one of my favorite parts about this trade too was right when it happened, uh, Bomani Jones tweets out like, this is Brad Stevens saying, I told you not to sign him, Danny. You got to tell the guys Stevens likes or doesn't like in the next couple of weeks. Right. Well, we'll know pretty soon what guys he really wanted on this team and what team, what guys were kind of forced on him and uh, he had to throw into the rotation and, um, we'll see. So that there's going to be really aside from their top couple of guys, and I'd say probably just Jalen and Jason, anybody else is up for grabs right now. And yeah. we wouldn't be surprised if any one of those players was gone. <laughs> uh, we also wouldn't be surprised if any of them stayed. Yeah. Uh, right. Except for maybe a couple of guys at the way bottom of the roster, but uh, even them, you, you never know. Like, cause we had said before, each of those guys, like it, it's okay to have them on your roster. The problem is they had too many of them, so they might pick right. and choose a couple of them. Um, and uh, one guy that we know is staying is uh, Jason Tatum. 
Um, if they don't, if he doesn't stay, there will be a riot. Uh, but I, I think we're okay there for the next couple of years anyway. A uh, couple of big pieces of news on Tatum. Uh, he is going to be playing for Team USA in the Olympics. So uh, great for him. Not sure how great it is for the Celtics. Would rather have him get that time off is kind of my feeling on it. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, he hasn't played in the Olympics before. So uh, go ahead, do your thing. And you know, it's it's a hell of an honor to play for your for your country on the biggest stage. So I totally understand why he's doing it. And also, he was not selected to any of the All NBA teams, which we thought it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to be on one of those teams, and uh, he wasn't. I got to say, there are very few things. Even when it happened a couple of weeks ago, there are very few things in sports that I care about less than Tatum making or not making the All NBA team. Uh, but Team USA is something that does affect this team or could affect this team. Uh, what do you guys think about him playing in te- on Team USA? You're okay with it? You're kind of worried about it? Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts on Tatum playing in the Olympics? Uh, so Tatum knows his body best. If he felt that he couldn't play in Team USA, then I feel like he'd sit it out. Um, he's young, and I feel like he's going to be able to play. So as far as the networking goes and, you know, building relationships with, with coaches, with, with players um, and just gaining experience. I feel like it's, it's a really good opportunity for Jason Tatum. And I think that he should participate in any, anything meaningful that he can going forward. Yeah. Adam, anything else on that? Um, yeah, I mean, to echo Trey's part, I mean, he's 23 years old now. He's hopefully, for our sake, this will be the, you know, this will be his shortest playoff run that he's had for the rest of his Celtic career. So if he's going to do it at any point, he might as well do it now. We wouldn't want to in three years when, you know, we're hopefully making a deep playoff run for him to then say, all right, well, I haven't done the Olympics yet, I'm, but I'm 27 and I want to do it now. Well, I think he's going to need more of the rest in the prime of his career than he will now. Um, so he got the young legs. He hasn't won a gold yet with Team USA in, on the Olympic stage. He's going to be playing with some pretty high-level talent there that will actually, these guys, a bunch of these guys will be free agents in 2022, such as Katie, James Harden. Um, granted, they'll be a little older, but you never know. Team players, uh, players are playing longer than they ever have and are being productive for longer than they ever have. So with the freedom of movement error in the NBA these days, you know, it's not unheard of for, you know, the best players to play to their late thirties. So who knows what these relationships could bring that he's going to make over there. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him play for the country. Yeah. I mean, team USA, except for that one disaster where they finished sixth back in whatever it was, 2004, it's always fun to watch. The games are more competitive than they used to be. But even when they have that you know, tomato can game where they win by 140, like those are fun to watch too. Just to watch them just completely destroy teams that like shouldn't be playing with them. You got the, the like, exhibit- one guy who plays for Real Madrid um, playing <laughs> against NBA All Stars, and it's it just you feel for that guy who's actually a really good player. But um, you know those are always fun. Yeah, and- I, I remember from the exhibition a couple of years ago where. We were playing China and they grew up by like 50 in the fourth quarter. And 
DeMar DeRozan, sorry, defender under the hoop, and he still decided to try to do a 362 here to dunk on the guy. <laughs> so it's always oh, fun to watch those types of things. And then you, you see some names of former NBA players or former NBA like draftees mm-hmm. uh, who you, you had no idea were still playing. Like, like Luis Scola? Yes, that's Ice a good one. And- I was thinking of, I can't even remember his first name, but Lampe, the Polish guy. Oh yeah, my, my I forgot his name. He had shown up in something international. I don't. It was like fairly recent, like within the last mm-hmm. Olympic cycle. Anyway, I think he was playing somewhere. I was like, my God, that dude! That dude felt like he was a bust twenty years ago, and he might have been now. Yeah. Um, but like, you're just gonna see names like that pop up. That, um, and then you look at their Wikipedia page, and you're like, oh man, he's been playing pro ball for twenty years. It's just not over here. And yeah, um, you know, I remember that guy, but I remember him as a punchline. So yeah, and uh, I think um. You know, we we should be, we should do like an Olympic basketball pod bef- before the Olympics because there are some teams that do have a significant amount of NBA talent on them that can make the games interesting, such as you know Serbia. We'll have Jokic. We'll have I think both the Bogdanoviches. Um, Australia could have had Ben Simmons on it, but they still have you know Inglis. They still have Baines. They still have um, Thibault Ty- plays for them, and he's a a defender that's going to give our guys problems. Like we saw what he could do in, in the Philly um, Atlanta series on the defensive end. So um, there are, you know, Canada, Canada got a bunch of guys on their team. So I think, you know, it's not going to be a cakewalk for the USA. They're going to be the favorites, but you know, it's getting harder and harder for, for the USA and the Olympics, just with the development of basketball on, on the international stage. Yeah. It's not sh- sign up and get your gold medal anymore. Right, uh, but you gotta work for it. it's still pretty shocking if they lose. Right, correct. Um, and it, the competitive nature of it, and seeing these all of these international players who are you know, coming into the league and have been in the league for a long time, see, seeing them play for their their home countries, it kind of it gives it a much better feel for the tournament, and is something that is you know, even exciting to watch when your team's not in it. Like Serbia versus Australia, like that's a hell of a game that we should probably all watch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they play and, each other and the. Uh, you know, if we if we don't if we remember in the World Championships uh, and before the 2019-2020 season, um, USA didn't win that. Right. So Tatum got a he got a taste for the international ball there, but it was unfortunately not the successful one. Yeah, and I, I will remember say, correctly, a lot of guys got hurt in that too. Right. Like not seriously hurt, but they got dinged up and couldn't finish the tournament. Yeah. Right. I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role Tatum has in this. Um, you know, in this. Mm-hmm. Team USA um, versus like years from now, you know, another four years from now, um, you know, what kind of role he would have with that Team USA, um, with all of the the vets in the league, you know, four years older and Tatum four years older as well. Maybe he has a more substantial role then, or is he given that kind of respect or you know type of minutes now? Yeah, so I remember the. The last time Katie was in in the Olympics, that was kind of like his coming out party to the to the world, not just to the NBA fans, but to the world. Like you know, I'm I'm going to be a, a man in this league, and you know, he stepped up then during that I think four years ago in the Olympics to kind of you know show that. And I'm hoping that you know Tatum kind of rises to the occasion and just becomes the go-to guy on that team by force and not really even giving them the chance to take over the way he can. So again, international ball is way different from the NBA. 
you know, there's a lot of things that you could do in the international game that you can't do in the NBA. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be fun, and uh, I'm definitely with you. We'll have to do a a, a deeper dive, yeah, and uh, kick kick over whatever rock Dragon Bender is under, and just hope <laughs> that he's in the Olympics. Because, I mean, who doesn't love to just talk about Dragon Bender for like 30 seconds and and look back at that draft when uh, the Celtics got it right, and then Phoenix didn't. And, Did and well, hell, look where Phoenix is now. I'll tell you who. I'll tell you who doesn't, <laughs> and that's Ryan McDonough. Yeah, <laughs> Trey's best friend. Hey, but uh, a lot of other things going on around the league. We're down to the you know the final four. We're in the conference finals. We had some incredible games this past weekend. Two game sevens that were both just awesome games, uh, especially that Brooklyn Milwaukee game on Saturday night, where if. Kevin Durant wore his regular size 17 shoes instead of size 18s. Brooklyn's in the conference finals. The game was that damn close. He had a toe on the line and it jumped out, came out on Twitter. Um, and this was information from years ago, but uh, he actually prefers to wear shoes that are a size too big. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's like, man, you look at that margin, you see that still shot. Like, yeah, it's. I'm sure that his, that's not actually why, but it's like, damn, it's about that same distance. Yep. Um, but we have LA Clippers, not the Lakers, thank God, and Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. And actually, as we're recording this right now, Phoenix is playing, and I'm going to incredibly do- uh, date this or timestamp this pod. Uh, Phoenix is up 98 to 93 with 209 left in the fourth. So we'll see how that goes. and uh, But that series is well underway. One of the things I don't like about the NBA playoffs is that this series is going to have two games in, and the Eastern Conference Finals with the Hawks and the Bucks still hasn't started yet. Like, can you just wait till every team is ready and play on an even playing field? But I guess not. That's the NBA. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, who do you think is going to win these series? And end up meeting in the finals and what the hell give me a pick for the finals too and also who do you want to win it can be the same obviously but uh let's start with adam who do you who do you got in the finals um so i just want to talk a second about the brooklyn um milwaukee game and just to say that well it was a, a great game um kevin durant just showed his greatness um he was unbelievable in that game and Every shot that he took, it was just like it was a shock when it missed. <laughs> so, except for um, the, uh, especially that last one he missed by like four feet. You know, it it was it looked like it was online from the angle that the, the, the TV was showing it, <laughs> but I could tell by the after like when they was showing the replay and you could see his body language like right after he shot the ball, it looked like he knew it didn't have a chance. And you know, shout out to Steve Nash for being able to use his timeout that he took with him next week. Um, and it looked like Durant was just done. He, yeah. he, he was done. And I saw that when he brought the ball up the court and he gave it to Harden and then Harden threw it right back to him. Like it was a freaking hot potato. Um, at that point, as a coach, I was in my head, I was saying, why don't you call timeout right now? <laughs> but he didn't. I'm glad Brooklyn lost. I was Bill Russell cackling when the Durant <laughs> shot that air ball. Um, 
so going to my my predictions, I kind of but at the same token, I I was hoping somehow Brooklyn and Milwaukee lost Game Seven. So I'm definitely a let's go Hawks fan for this next round. Um, I don't like the Clippers. I want them to basically have Kawhi leave them and lose and have the misfortune of trading all their first round picks for him and Paul George. Um, so I'm rooting for the Suns and I'm rooting for the Hawks in the East and probably I'm always going for, for carnage and chaos. So let's go Hawks. All right. I like it. That's what I want to see too. I want to see the Suns and the Hawks. I mean, anybody who's listened to this show knows that the Hawks are my number two team. So definitely you know on really on board with what's going on with them right now and man what an indictment on lloyd pierce like really that team was awful for the first like third of the season when he was there and now you look at their record like they're one of the best teams in the east obviously they're one of the two teams left and even record wise like this isn't a team that you know struggled to get to 500 kind of teetered around making the playoffs and then went on a run uh you know, getting the right matchups or what have you. This is a team that was legitimately a threat from the second Nate McMillan took that team over and we're seeing it now. And uh, they're just, they're really fun to watch. They're, they're deep as hell. And they figured out how to use that depth, which was a big problem they had earlier in the season. They had some injuries too, but um, you know, Collins is playing a little bit more uh, in the playoffs as opposed to Capella, at least in the last round, we'll see what they do in the next round. So they're really fun to watch. And even if the Hawks weren't my number two team, like I think I'd be rooting for that group anyway, just because it's it's fun to see the underdog win because it just happens so rarely in the NBA. Like the best team is usually the one that wins. And the Hawks beat a team that most people would say is better than them in Philly. And now they're playing a team that most people are going to say is better than them in Milwaukee. We'll see if they got another one of those in them. Um, and Phoenix is just fun. Like that's, a legitimate, very good team. They have a superstar in the making uh, in Devin Booker. Uh, Aiton is playing like an old school center. They're playing positioned basketball, and I love it. I love that that team is a middle finger to the positionless basketball trend that we have. I always said when Golden State was at the height of their powers, you're not going to beat Golden State by trying to be Golden State. You're going to beat Golden State by doing what you do well and doing something different to beat them. And Phoenix is doing something different. Phoenix is playing a more, they're like, they've, to me, they feel like a hybrid of old school and new school. And they don't look like these, some of these other teams out there that are just, you know, bombing threes. You know, Houston, of course, is the biggest example of that. And they suck this year, but um, they just look a little different and they're really fun to watch. And they got some really good players on that team. They got some glue guys. They got uh, really, I think, two stars because I think Aiden's fantastic. Um, but the other two teams that are in it, like I'd be happy if they won too. So, you know, Milwaukee, because a week ago people were saying Giannis is never going to win anything because he has no bag, which is the stupidest shit I've ever seen on Twitter. Um, you know, the guy scoring 40 points on 18 shots and you think he sucks because why he can't shoot a fucking three, like get lost. And, uh, Kawhi, if he could if he plays, because we don't know, he's you know, dinged up and it might be a legit injury that they're not letting on to or a serious injury they're not letting on. Um, but if he can win three titles or w- four titles, actually, because he won two with San Antonio, he can win with three different teams. Like, that's kind of cool. So 
Clippers are definitely my last choice, but still, like, to see the Clippers win the title, like, Adam, you remember those Lamont Murray Lloyd bought teams. Did you think they would ever win anything? And then uh, to have Kawhi do it with a third team, like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't think the Patriots would ever win either. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, when they won the first one, I know that we were saying, Trey, this is a little before you could probably have the informed opinion on this, but um, I, I think you and I both said, like, we better enjoy this parade because they are never winning a Super Bowl again. Because <laughs> they still had the stigma of, like, being the Patriots. And, right. you know, so, and of course, the Clippers are different. It's not the, that Clippers team anymore. But if Kawhi leaves, they're that Clippers team again. So that'd be yep. fun to watch, too. The disaster will be fun. Um, as far as who I think is going to win, like, I don't think the Hawks are going to beat Milwaukee legitimately. Like, Milwaukee's, I just think Milwaukee's really good. And the Hawks are kind of, you know, out of their weight class with this one. And Phoenix, I think right now is proven that they're better than the Clippers. I mean, they're up now. I haven't turned on the TV, so they might be down now. But, uh, you know, they have the lead in the series. They definitely have the better team when Kawhi's not there. So I think that if Kawhi doesn't come back soon, like the Suns should probably coast and uh, could be waiting a little while in the finals, which could be a factor too if they, you know, have a week off and then they have a team come in fresh. Uh, Trey, what what do you got for the conference finals? Yeah, so, you know, I too am rooting for some underdog matchups. Um, so I'm going for the Hawks uh, against the Bucks. Um, as far as the Western Conference matchup, the Suns Clippers, I'm going for Devin Booker and the Suns. Um, like you said, if the Clippers were to win, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, but I'm also with Adam when when he says that, you know, I would like for chaos to ensue pretty much. Uh, and for Paul George, you know, to be the only one left, a clipper. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Bucks beat in the Nets is like, you know, probably one of the happiest nights that I've had in a lot, like in a year, probably. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And at least a year. I hope basketball related, not just in general. <laughs> Tatum man, scored the 60. Pandemic come has been on. Rough, man. Tatum pandemic. scored 60. Like, come on. That was a pretty good yeah, man. No, it's just it's just because Kevin Durant hitting that shot. Mm. You know, everybody watching that, you had to be thinking, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> but you know, man, it's it's Kevin Durant. So right. you gotta respect it. And then it's like you looking at the replay, like, is his foot on the line? Yes, his foot was on the line. So you like, I'm just like amped about that. And then next thing you know. He airballs a shot to win the game, and I celebrate. Um, so I think that you know Bucks versus Hawks Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going Hawks, like I said, and I'd I'd in the finals I would take the Phoenix Suns. I'm hoping that Book, you know, gets a championship. Um, I wouldn't want to see anyone from the East win a championship, to be honest. I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks in the Atlantic Division, um, you know, they're our competition. We see them more often. Um, I don't want them getting a championship. Uh, Giannis, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think that Giannis is a little ways away from requesting a trade, and that depends on his ability to win a championship. 
And this is going to be his best opportunity to win a championship. All the juggernauts are gone and this is his opportunity. So if he fails to do so, um, you know, I think that would ultimately lead to him requesting a trade uh, in the not so distant future. I won't say in the near future, but yeah, I don't think it happens after this season, but like they'll, you know, they'll jump back in. They don't win next year. He might be gone. Um, I'm just, I'm really happy that there's no team that's in it that I just have to root against. Like there's no Lakers. There's no, you know, for you guys, I was actually on board with the Nets. I was, I wanted to see them win just because the super heel winning would have entertained the hell out of me. Um, I'm for the Hawks winning obviously. Cause I like them, but um, what you said about the Eastern conference and you don't want teams to you know win because of the Celtics competition. Like, I'm all for the spite, man. Like for the Nets to have built this thing better than the Celtics did after that trade and win it, or for the Hawks to have gone to the conference finals, blown it up, rebuilt, and then passed the Celtics. Like I'm all for that. Like, cause I, I want to hold this damn team accountable for the shit storm that they created. And you know, what better way to do it than to say like, look, the Hawks are better than you. The Hawks were, the Hawks were beating you in the playoffs when you were rebuilding, which was perfectly fine. So those were good teams. And then they blew it up. You built your team and then the Hawks passed you again. And like something's got to change with the Celtics. And I, and I think that's a, a, a way to look at it to say like, they need to be better. And you know, whether the Hawks are good or not, like it doesn't really have an effect on if the Celtics are better. Like they haven't done a good job the last couple of years building a, a team that can contend for a title. So um, and are, are the Hawks really contenders? Like they're probably the fool's gold team, like the O2 Celtics were or, or what have you. But, um, you know, it's, it's fun while they're here and, uh, who knows, maybe that team will actually win for once, but I mean, I'm not relying on that happening. I like, I like the success story for, for Devin Booker, man. He's a, he's a bucket, yep. he's a bucket. And I'm going to bring up Brian McDonough's name one more time. I mean, while he was GM of the Phoenix Suns, um, he didn't make the best decisions um, in one year. Uh, he drafted uh, Dragon Bender. I believe it was like number. Bender was four. Yeah, number four. Um, in another draft, it was uh, Josh Jackson. I think it was also four. Um, and then. It might have been three. No, he was also, four. So. Also in the, I believe the Bender draft was the Marquise Chris. That was the Bender draft yeah. acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he doubled up with those picks, uh, struck out. Um, those players are yeah. not really rotation players for, in the NBA. Over three on those, like a big time over three. You on know, those guys. Josh Jackson was is solid. I like what he's doing in Detroit, but you know, to not get the Aaron Fox to pair with Devin Booker. Um, is not not the best thing and you know ultimately because of the exec of the year james johnson acquiring cp3 and because devin book is such a bucket and deandre ayton um is good at what he does phoenix is in the position that they're in despite uh some missteps along the way yeah and i like a success story like yeah that. despite some brutal misses and uh, they were able to to fix it which shows you how close an nba team can be 
because you don't need as many players as you need on a football team to be competitive. Honestly, you just need to, a couple of guys and you can make a huge step like uh, the Suns have done this year. And they're, uh, they're really fun to watch. And, you know, they're, they're a great team to root for. It's a great story. So uh, nice to see that redemption and uh, man, they really foiled those drafts. And, uh, you know, you, you can criticize Danny for some of his picks, but like he never did that. So, um, but it's uh, ho- hopefully it'll be uh, you know a fun rest of the uh, playoffs. There have been some really bad games in these playoffs. There have been some blowouts. There have been some crappy series, which seems to come with the NBA because there's just such a difference between the haves and have-nots. But uh, you know, hopefully we get some good basketball coming up, and uh, I expect the fi- that a- the finals will be uh, you know a good matchup no matter who we see. I also um, want to point out one more thing about the whole Sun situation, like in relation to the Celtics, you know, if Danny Ainge does not pick, does not trade down from one to three and select the right guy in Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is likely picked at four by the Phoenix Suns. See, I disagree with that. I think that Tatum's picked at one by the Celtics. I think they, he was their guy no matter what, and they just wanted to try to, to cash more out of it. Well, yes, that that is that is true. That is true. I take that back. Um, but no, but my whole premise is if it credit to Danny Ainge for, for picking Jason Tatum because it's so easy to mess up that that pick um, and pick somebody else. And I think that's one thing that he deserves praise for as well as Jalen Brown. And you'll never be able to take that away. Yeah. And uh, one other thing that I guess wanted to touch on real quick, uh, because you had mentioned there's no juggernauts left for Giannis. Um, we might see Book, uh, Booker turning into that right now. Um, he might become be turning into one of those guys. So uh, right now at this exact moment in time, yes, I mean, Giannis is the alpha, especially with Kawhi Hurt. But three weeks from now, if Phoenix wins this championship, we might be talking about Booker as being one of those guys. So uh, league, need, league needs some new stars because they're – top very very top stars they're getting older they're still all excellent but they're getting older and we can see a little bit of a maybe a transition here with uh, you know one of these younger guys winning and you know no matter who wins unless it's the clippers like they're going to be led by a a young star because Giannis is still I and mean, people forget how young he is he's still he's still a really young guy too uh, but uh you know we'll see what happens well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it as these games go on. And as we get into the NBA finals, uh, you know, we're right at the time that we wanted to hit. So we're going to call it there. We're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, as always, give us a follow on social, follow us individually. Uh, also follow us on you know, our, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Instagram is not all that active, but it's there. Uh, and uh, make sure that you subscribe to the pod. Uh, so you don't miss it. Uh, the next one when we'll talk uh, a little bit about the uh, the draft draft lotto was tonight detroit got the first pick uh moving on because the celtics aren't in it uh, but we'll we'll definitely be talking draft in the future and uh, talking about some of these players who are going to be coming into the league and uh, talking about uh, you know the new champion uh whoever that may be uh, which will be crowned in uh, in a couple of weeks uh, and of course there's going to be some more celtic shoes to drop because this team is not a finished product they're going to have you know, some things going down over the next few weeks and few months as they build this roster for next year. So 
for Trey and Adam, uh, I'm Mark, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Let's go, Cease. Let's go.